You are listening to Committed, an ongoing conversation about marriage, intimacy, relationships, and sex. Let's talk about people-pleasing. So I had a follower comment on one of my videos, and what he said was, I heard someone say that people-pleasing is a passive form of manipulation, and I very much agree with that. I've made a handful of videos on people-pleasing, and I think that when we think about people who people-please, what comes to mind for me is someone who's really kind and someone who just wants the best for everyone. And maybe over the past 10 years, I've started to see things differently, whereas before I was blinded by the light. But in my practice, I talk to couples about this because where I see it happen so frequently is sex. I get turned on when my partner is turned on. I just want my partner to be happy. I just want my partner to be having a good time. And yes, I want your partner to be having a good time. I love that you get turned on by the fact that your partner is turned on. But in that very statement, you're neglecting yourself. And a lot of times people-pleasing is more about – and when when you see chronic people pleasers, it's actually more about the self and what's happening for me and what do I want to get out of this. So it's not genuinely, I just want you to have a good time because I love you and I love to see you happy, which is the right reasons, but more so because you want something in return. And so you're doing something for someone in order to get them to do something or be some way for you so that you can feel fine with yourself. You can also look at this as, you know, in some cases, codependence as well. If you fit into this box, then I'm going to be good. Let's go, let's jump into the the sexual uh, context. So if you're a people pleaser in bed because you want to make your partner, make sure your partner has a good time. What are you getting out of this if you're the pleaser? What's the manipulation? So the manipulation, and and also I think when we think of the word manipulation, there's a negative connotation on it, but manipulation is not, it's, let's use it as a way to understand this. So when I think about a partner who wants to please their other partner in bed, well, it might secure their relationship. It might solidify their relationship. It might make the partner think something about the other partner, like they are a great lover. And so therefore, I want to stay with them and not abandon them and not reject them. If that person who we're labeling as the people pleaser um, is generous with their partner but also takes care of themselves, which I would say would be more normal that person could perceive any type of selfishness as a risk to them. Like I'm risking, if I take care of myself, it might mean, so for example, I actually have a friend who her child was sick and I was texting her and I was thinking to myself, if I don't offer to go over to her house and stay at her house tonight, so that she can bring her other child who's sick to the doctor, then maybe I'm a bad friend and maybe I won't be 
as worthy of this friendship, which kind of sounds ridiculous because I'm not, I don't classify myself as a people pleaser, but it kind of sounds ridiculous because I have a life, I have children, I have limits and boundaries that I have to respect for myself. But at the same time, I think what goes through my head is like, is it selfish of me to not rearrange my life to accommodate for someone who needs help? So those are the kind of inner dialogues that I'm having, and I don't even classify myself as a people pleaser. Think about someone who is just trying to do things for other people all the time in order to get something for themselves. So it's not like this necessarily malicious thing, but I do think that there are a lot of people, you know, outside the context of sex too, if we can think of another example, but, you know, maybe a partner that showers their partner with gifts all the time they might be scared of being abandoned or rejected by that person. And so if I just love you, oh, in one of my relationships, I'm just thinking of this now, complete love bombing. Oh, he would always say, oh, you're so fucking pretty. He would just say that to me all the time. That's great. After a while, ah, it was a lot. I'm like, (laughs) I don't appreciate it anymore. It sounds fake almost, but it was to secure me in so that I don't go elsewhere for attention. Let me give you so much attention and love bomb you as the lingo goes these days. You know, there's this great book, I think I've mentioned it before, it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it's specifically about men who are people pleasers for women. And it, it's a it's an interesting book if you have a history of being a nice guy which I think I I do. It's been a while since I've ever called myself a nice guy, but nowadays calling someone's a nice guy is kind of a pejorative term. But in this case, the book is, is it's really wonderful. It's changed a couple of my friends' lives because they recognize that, holy shit, I am totally a nice guy to women. And it, it's certainly manipulative in the mindset. The mindset is like, if I am as nice as possible, as giving as possible, as unbounded as possible, and just do whatever it takes to be nice to this girl, then everything good will come out of it. And it's like, I mean, it's kind of like a childish attitude towards things where it's like, let me just be nice and nice and nice, and then good things will come to me. And so I think the real revolutionary part of the book for male readers specifically is to kind of recognize that sort of mindset that's going on inside your head, which is like we were talking about kind of a, a defensive, like a scarcity mindset. Like if I don't do this, I'm going to lose this partner. But the weird thing about it is that if you're not looking out after yourself, like your partner also could off, could very often lose attraction to you. And that's what many of the the cases they talk about in this book are like guys with this, you know, girl or a wife, and they've been together for years. They haven't had sex in forever. He does everything possible to be nice. He, you know, cooks breakfast for the kids. It gets them out the door. No matter what he does, it's just not good enough. But ultimately, in every single case, he wasn't looking out for himself. He wasn't taking care of himself. He wasn't expressing his desires. He had no boundaries, and he had this just, you know good guy attitude. And I think in the book, they they get into like, you know, a lot of boys being raised by single mothers. Like this is a common mentality where the mother kind of tells the boys to be nice, nice, nice. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what the book does mention a lot of. And I think it makes sense in my mind. But in any case, uh, many of these guys have their lives turned around when they start to basically express their desire. And this is what I want. This is what my boundaries are. Um, you can still be kind. It doesn't mean like be a dick. Don't do a 180 and just be a total asshole to your partner. But recognize the first step is to recognize the sort of mindset that you have programmed into you since you were a child, most likely. And then accept that it's okay to have your own desires, okay to have your own expectations and to express those. And of course, to set up boundaries. And that can, you know, revolutionize a relationship that you're in or completely destroy it if the other partner doesn't go along with you. It's a good book. I highly recommend it to all the male listeners. Um, a lot of, I know a lot of girlfriends recommend this to their, their boyfriends as well when the boyfriends are too nice. I mean, because like everyone likes people who are friendly but we've all met that one person who is just overly over like over the top nice and you're like okay dude slow your roll like <laughs> stop fucking smiling so much right. and like stop, stop doing everything i say like have some skin you know what i mean you like yeah stop just uh, agreeing with everything that i say and going along with everything that i want to do exactly have an opinion have an opinion yeah say no say no sometimes yeah and i think I actually saw this show up in my life when I was in therapy. My therapist had pointed out, have you been continuously crossing your own boundaries for years and years and years? Because I think this can show up different ways. It can show up in the traditional people-pleasing way where you have that really kind, nice person who's just smiling and doing everything, everything for everyone. And you look at them and you're like, you look so exhausted. You look so tired. You're volunteering for everything. You're always there for everyone. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us have been shaped this way. Like you were saying, mothers will say to their little boy, you know, be a good boy. And I think even more so, I think there's a pressure on women to do that. Be kind to everyone. Smile. Look nice. Be pleasant. Don't be angry. And then we get this anger and like fire <laughs> because we've been taught that that's how we need to be. We're not allowed to have problems like, oh, you know, our husbands are alcoholics. Well, that's just how boys will be boys. You know, it's like, oh. Boys will be boys. That's like could be a form of people pleasing right there. But yeah, and there's and, and like you were saying, you don't want to go the opposite way where you just become a complete jerk and you're just unkind to people. But it's really part of the process of coming out of this space of people pleasing, I think. And what I sort of ask my clients to do when I find that I have a people pleaser client is like, pause, pause for a minute. Think to yourself, what do I want? What do I need here? Is this serving me? Is this working for me right now? And like, then make a conscious informed decision. It's not just like going the opposite way and just being like, nope, I'm not coming over tonight. Or like, what what do I need right now? Like, what's going to work for me? Because then you can formulate in a kind way. I would really love to see you tonight and I'm exhausted and I need to rest. And then let's maybe reconvene tomorrow and spend some time together or whatever it is, right? So I think it's very hard to be in the middle. A lot of people feel very black or white about things being on the extreme end and People pleasing at the core, if you are struggling with people pleasing, ask yourself, 
what is this truly doing for me? Because I think that you mentioned this before, but it causes a lot of distrust in partners, people pleasers. It's hard to trust those types of people. Why are you doing this? What is the intention? Why are you so overly nice? It's very deceitful. It's deceitful, you know, and yeah, it doesn't come from a place of maliciousness, but really look at what your intentions are when you're doing something for someone else. It really should be genuinely, if you're buying a friend a birthday gift, do it because you saw something that you thought that they would really like and you don't want anything in return and it's just out of the kindness of your heart. Like Those should be your reasons for doing things for people, right? In relationships, and I think we've talked about this before, we're not in relationships to serve other people. We're not like, oh, this person looks like they need a friend, so I should be a friend to them. I mean, yes, but also to a point, to a limit, right? If that person happens to be really annoying or really mean just because they need a friend, you don't want to cross your own boundaries. It's different to invite someone into your group because you're like, they look like they need a friend and this is also going to benefit us because this is a good match, right? There's so understand if you're crossing your boundaries, right? We don't find romantic partners because we're like, that person looks like they haven't had sex in a while and I could have sex with them. So maybe we should be in a relationship. Hot. But realistically, it's like I have these needs. I need my needs to be met. And then in turn, I'm going to meet your needs so that you meet my needs and we keep doing this back and forth for each other. And 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 so we can have a harmonious relationship. Not that relationships are always harmonious, but no, we can do that for one another, right? That's not necessarily um, manipulative. It's it's clear we're getting thing we're getting needs met by one another. And sometimes you have more needs, sometimes I have more needs, and that can fluctuate and go back and forth, right? But if we're in relationships, whether that's family, friendships, romantic relationships, where we're always going above and beyond for someone and they're not doing anything back for us that's equal or even close to equal, then unless we're just doing it out of the goodness of our heart because it just genuinely makes us happy and we don't need anything returned from that, consider whether you're crossing your own boundaries or not. But don't be a saint. I mean, some people genuinely fa- like get happiness and and they are not crossing their own boundaries. They're not overextending themselves. They're not disrespecting themselves. And if that's the type of person that you are, then that's wonderful. I had someone say to me, you know, I just like to do this specific thing for people when I go on dates and it just makes me happy and I don't expect anything in return. And it might seem like too much for just a date, but I just want to do it. And I said, absolutely, go for it. That's amazing. It's going to make the other person super happy and feel super cared for. There's no reason why you shouldn't. But if it starts to hurt you in some way, whether that be taking time away, caring for yourself, whether it be emotionally burdening you, mentally, then rethink it. I like that. Pause. Pause. Like you said earlier, and then you can kind of like feel into your body. Is this something that I actually want? This is something that crosses my boundaries. Personally, I like to say, am I a fuck yes to this? That's always <laughs> my my go-to. Like if friends are coming over or in town or like, hey, we're going out to, this happened last week. Someone's like, hey, a bunch of us are going out to some club in Hollywood at nine o'clock at night. And I haven't seen these friends in a long time, but I'm like, no, it's nine o'clock at night in West Hollywood. I'm not going, No. 
No, fuck no. Like if you're not a fuck yes to something, don't do it. But you're Alex Bowditch, the other half of Alexa Bowditch, who is that sex chick. Ah, remember? Yes, yes I That's remember. That's what Alex says. He said, oh, he's not Alex. Jordan? Okay, Jordan. That's her husband's name. He has to be a fuck yes. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I'm sure people have said that before. Mark Manson is the one who has a very famous blog post called Fuck Yes or No. And he's talking about specifically, he starts off, I think, with relationships, but he's talking about general things about life. Like, obviously, don't get into a relationship with someone unless you're a fuck yes. Um, Don't sleep with someone unless you're a fuck yes, even if it's just for a night. But like, fuck yeah, we're both going to do this. Because why be with someone unless you're both fuck yes to it. Um, but also this applies to like going out to meet friends at nine o'clock at night in West Hollywood. Um, fuck no, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Like even if you're only 80% yes, that's not a fuck yes. And so I think that's a way to, I mean, it's, it's an extreme look at things, but I do like it. I like the idea of feeling into my body and being like, I don't know, if this was the last night of my life, would I be a fuck yes to doing this? Then it's just like, yeah, absolutely. You're practicing self-love and self-care because you're starting to attune to yourself more and recognize like what you actually want versus what might please other people. Back to our subjects. 